Welcome to Growth Mindset University. I'm your host, Jordan Paris, and this show is all about learning the lessons we should have learned in school but did not, so that we can succeed in the progressive new age of business and life we find ourselves in today. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on, because school is now in session. I am extremely grateful that you are here with me today on Growth Mindset University. Two times per week, we have interviews with the best of the best. New York Times bestselling authors, billionaires, the like, the most successful people in the world, people like Mark Manson, Naveen Jain, James Altucher, so many more. And I don't want you to miss these interviews. So go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, Growth Mindset University, wherever you are listening right now. One of my favorite things is when you reach out to our guests that we have on the show. So for example, if you enjoy today's guest, please reach out to them. Tell them that you enjoyed today's episode. Send them that token of gratitude. Like, look, I heard John Jordan's show and it was so good. This really impacted me. If you do this with every guest, you're going to start building a world-class network in record time. This is how I built my network. So this is just another way I'm looking to give back to you here. Just give you this little tip. So reach out to our guest today. And now without further ado, please enjoy the show. My guest today is Caleb Williams. Caleb is the founder and CEO of Better Wealth Solutions, a company committed to showing people how to be more efficient and control their money today while maximizing their future wealth potential. At an early age, Caleb read every financial book he could get his hands on and was fascinated with the idea of ordinary people being able to achieve extraordinary wealth. While still in college, he was promoted to take over the entire investment division at a local community bank where he committed to finding a better way to wealth for his clients. He traveled across the country for over two years learning from the top financial advisors in the country. He eventually discovered proven strategies and principles that can empower anyone to create and protect real wealth. Excited to share and impact as many lives as possible, Caleb authored The And Asset and hosts the Better Wealth podcast and speaks around the world. He has a true passion for financial education and is on a mission to help people see and reach their highest potential. Caleb Williams, my man, he's a great friend of mine. Here he is. (laughs) Caleb, welcome. Jordan, you just stole all my thunder, my man. It's such a pleasure (laughs) being on here. I've been looking forward to this interview for a very long time. And dude, I'm let's let's get in. Let's let's uh I love it. Yeah, I'm excited for this one because gosh, we're just gonna learn money truths. We're gonna get our money right. You know, my friends like listening to this, this is an important episode because with money you know, we can, we're, we're enabled. Money's an enabler. We can do all of these great things with money. We can enjoy, I think we can enjoy our lives so much more with money as something Dan Locke and I talked about as well, I believe. And, uh, and I know Caleb is very humble and he wouldn't, he wouldn't mention this otherwise. It, he dry, he's 23 years old and drives a Tesla. So th- th- this guy, and he, he's created so much wealth for himself uh, and for other people. He's got a great team of people around him. And uh, just, I'm, I'm very impressed, and I aspire to be at, at Caleb's level. So, oh, so you know, I'm excited for this. This is what I'll say. 
I am way more proud of my team and the quality of people that are helping us further this message. And, and we have clients in over 31 states right now. So that is that doesn't happen by one person. That happens because we have a, an amazing team. And, and man, I'm, someday I'll be at your level as it relates to podcasting. <laughs> yeah, we'll help each other grow in those respective areas. We can. That's why it's better together, right? Because, that's right, man. You know, you're... I'm I'm strong in some areas and you're strong in other areas, right? But before we really get lost into this conversation today, lost in a good way, of course, and asset.com slash book. You can literally get Caleb's book for free. Go to andasset.com slash book. Betterwealthsolutions.com and at Caleb Williams on Instagram. G-U-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. Uh, that's how you spell his last name. So, Caleb... You've got, uh, I have so many, so many questions today, but you, uh, you mentioned 31 countries, uh, or pff, gosh, countries, that would be cool. You, that would 30, be cool. <laughs> 31 states that you, uh, you've, you have clients in. Correct me if I'm wrong, but most fi- financial advisors, so say, have, have uh, clients in one state, right? Yes, yeah. The, the typical model is go work for a firm, go, you know, pester your friends and family. <laughs> And, and then ask for referrals. And it happens to mostly all be in one state, one, like usually city. And a lot of times you meet one-on-one with people and, and we have one-on-one meetings, but the reality is this man, technology is so incredible and we can leverage our message and be more efficient. Well, I mean, we teach wealth efficiency, but why can't we be more efficient in the way that we help people? And when you, when you start breaking down those barriers, you realize that we can get more done, help more people and do it in a better way by using the power of technology. And so, yeah, it's, it's pretty unique and we're just getting started. Yeah. By the way, too, I, I forgot to even mention, I wanted the, the listeners to know this. I was, uh, you, you're really, you really are becoming that icon of, of wealth for, for young people, as I know you aspire to be. And, and it really hit me when, like, I, like, I, you know, I knew you had great credibility and I, you know, you were a friend of mine and, uh, and I was, you know, I already was going to have you on the podcast anyway. And I, you know, it was, it was like almost a month ago and I'm in, I'm in Pennsylvania hometown and meet up with some kid from high school just out of good faith. Right. And, uh, and, you know, just, you know, he, he was cool. You know, we were friends. Uh, we were in the same like fantasy basketball league, whatever. He's in finance now and he's talking about this guy, this guy, Caleb. And, uh, I'm, I'm like, oh, this sounds like Caleb Williams. And I'm like, Caleb Williams, right? You're talking about. And he's like, he's like, yeah, this is some random guy from my high school in Pennsylvania and you're out in Colorado. And he, he knew exactly who you were. I was like, I was like, damn, I didn't know Caleb's reach was like that far. So, and I, so it was so cool. I was like, yeah, he's a great friend of mine. It was so cool to be able to say that. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. 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 I, it, this is, this is what I'll say is my mission statement. And it literally is hanging on the wall right now. It's to help people see and reach their highest potential. If you want to ask me why I get so fired up and passionate and why we have this audacious goal to reach a million people by 2025, it's because so many people are not able to live to their God-given potential because of this money thing. And that just like pisses me off. And if we can eliminate that excuse and use money as a tool, think about the impact. Think about the impact that, that that money can have if it can reverse that instead of eliminating you from living to your highest potential. Imagine a world where a million people are living to their highest potential. So that's, that's ultimately one of our like core values is 
uh, yeah, we, we're big into all these things. We're going to get into some fun things on this interview. And, and there's some unique stories I could even share with your audience as it relates because we're both young. But it's like, man, like so many people and so many people are probably resonating with me saying this are, are, are stressing out about money when that's a shame because money is just a tool. Mm. And it's an incredible tool if you can, if you can use it to, to live the life that you want to live. Stressing out about money might be, uh, might be one of the worst stresses, right? For sure, and and I think you know this is where our mindset comes into it. I, I've talked about this several times on the podcast with others, uh, Dan Locke, Ron Malhotra. Uh, it could be a you know to not adopt these beliefs about money that money can help you and help other people and you know help spread your impact. As cliche as it sound, it might sound, uh, you need to adopt these beliefs because if you don't. You, it, it could be a psychological barrier to acquiring wealth, especially if you have the opposite beliefs. Like, you know, you, if you're feeling guilty about making a lot of money and selling to people, then you're not you're not ever going to acquire that wealth because you have a psychological barrier that's pre, pre, preventing you from doing that. So, so let's really get into these these money truths right now. This is uh, this is one I try to explain to people all the time because I know to just stay really far away from index or not index funds. Index funds are good. Mutual funds. Right. Why are, I can never explain it though. Why, right. why are mutual funds a bad investment? Right. Well, can I take a step back? Yeah, it's, go it's, ahead. It's okay. So this is, this is going to be huge for your audience and for you. The number one thing that everyone's chasing, and we're in the rat race of just this whole investment model of rate of return, ROR. What's the ROR of this mutual fund? What's the ROR of this mutual fund? If we could reverse this ROR from in, in saying rate of return and, and instead think about it as return on result, with this whole wealth thing gets a lot simpler. So what do I mean by that? The first thing that I ask people before we look at anything, before we look at what they want to do with their life, before we look at efficiency, before we look at where they should put their money, what they should invest in, is we get really, really crystal clear about what result do they actually want to accomplish. And you'd be shocked. Like you'd be shocked about how many people don't actually know what that is. And so the number one problem I have with any investment is the lack of clarity that people like, like lack of clarity people have as it relates to just blindly throwing their money at anything. So that's the first thing it's, is, is if you're listening to this, what is, what, what does financial independence look like for you? What does, what is your why? Like, why are you here? And what result, if, if we were talking five years from now and you had the best five years of your life and I like knocked it out of the park for you, what are you doing? Like what happened? And we gotta, we gotta get clear on that. The reason I don't like mutual funds is number one, I just think across the board, they're a terrible place to put your money. And, and it's because they're not giving you the result. They're not empowering you as a person to live the life that you want to live. I also am a firm believer that you are your greatest asset. Like the number one investment you can make is in yourself. If you're a podcaster listening to this, make your podcast better. If you're an entrepreneur listening to this, like I get excited, man, but like, yes, like make, get your business to be more profitable. If you're an investor, get specialized knowledge so that you can gr make a greater rate of return. But the number one investment you can make is in yourself. And I'm sick and tired of people investing money when their income is a fraction of what it should be. So the number one thing I, I want people to think about is, is if you're investing in mutual funds, why? What do you want to accomplish? And so many people are diversifying their impact. Like 
you know, that's 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 something that I would take to the bank. It's like, why are you why are you diversifying your ability to make more money? So so really, once we get clarity on what we want, then we have to ask the question: What activity can we do that can provide the most value? I, I talk about this idea of asset based activities and liability based activities. And asset based activities are anything that you do that provide va- like put money back in your pocket. So it could be a business, it could be a marketing strategy, it could be a, a mutual fund. It could be a real estate property, but then what, what, what activities that you could do via time and money that would put the most money back in your pocket? And most of the time, mutual funds are not that. Mm-mm. And then I would, and so, so I would just like get clarity on that. If we're going to invest in the market. So if we, if we identify the stock market's the best place to put your money, which by the way, most of your listeners, it's not. That's just a limiting belief that they believe it it, it should be. Uh-huh. But if if they decide that the market's good, what result do they want from the market? Normally, they want to grow their money. And if they want to grow their money, the mutual fund is still a bad place to put it because of the fees, losses, because of the just the lack of transparency. You'd be much better off not paying someone like me, putting your money in a Vanguard 500 account and just an index and just having that money grow. But again, I would challenge all these people that are into Vanguard 500 index funds. Yes, it may be an efficient way to put your money in the market, but why is your money in the market in the first place? Usually it's because there's lack of clarity on what result you actually want. Gosh, it's, uh, you know, I feel like so, uh, so ignorant in this area. You're just such an expert and you have such great enthusiasm for it. And I'm, I'm not exactly uh, as well versed on all this stuff. My as, goal, as Jordan, is yeah. to get you so pumped up about this I that know. you will help me no, share, dude, share the I, message. No, don't, don't get it, don't get it twisted. I, I'm pumped up about it. I just need to be able to like, I just need to study so much more to be able to play it at your level. So we'll spend a day together. I'll let I you know, drive the Tesla. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll teach you. I'll teach you the 101 on on how to how to get this. Yeah. So a uh, part of Robert Kiyosaki's like you know, thing, and he, I, I've never, I've not under, been able to understand this, and the whole you know, go to school until you question, go to school, get a job. Uh, invest in the stock market, blah blah blah. You'll be a poor person. I agree with until you go to until you question, go to school, get a job. You'll be a poor person. That's a hundred percent fact. The invest in the stock market thing. Do you understand where that's coming from? Because I don't. Yeah. So Robert Kiyosaki has a couple things that he that he talks about. Number one is financial freedom or financial independence. And if you're taking notes, financial independence is when you can buy an asset that produces enough money to cover your expenses. Okay. So in other words, if your expenses, Jordan, were $2,000 a month and you could have an investment strategy or a business that you didn't have to show up, you didn't have to show up. You could like be on the beach and that produced passively $2,000 or more. You're financially independent. Now in my book, I talk about the financial freedom number being this better, greater than expenses, because wouldn't it be a shame if we just die just covering our expenses? I, I talk about having a greater purpose, like a why. And having you're you're financially free when you have enough money coming in without you having to work to fund that lifestyle. You know what 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 do you actually want to accomplish? So so the first thing that Robert Kiyosaki is noted for is that financial independence. Like he kind of defines that. But then the second thing is he talks about the four quadrants. And, and in his book, he talks a little bit about it in Rich Dad Poor Dad. But um, in he talks about the four quadrants, and it's really the E and S quadrant are an employee and self employed. And these are the people that are really in the rat race. They're working, they're providing money, they're getting taxed like crazy, and it's hard to get ahead. And he encourages people to start focusing on businesses and assets or investments 
and and essentially an asset is anything that provides cash flow. The reason he doesn't like the stock market is in most stocks in most portfolios it's not can it's not giving you cash flow. It's just uh, it's just a kind of a BS number that's going up and down, really. It's just I, it really that's what it is. And so and there's a lot of people that don't have specialized knowledge. By the way, if you're into the stock market option trading and you know what you're doing, this is not necessarily I'm not talking to you, but for most people that are just passively putting their money in the market, it's not giving them any, it's not helping them be financially free at all. You could have a million dollars in a mutual fund and still have to go to work to cover the bills because your your million dollars is not necessarily providing cash flow. That's why Robert Kiyosaki is a huge fan of real estate because when designed and set up properly, you could get that real estate to cash flow. You can also, and I hopefully I'm not going over people's heads, but you could also use banks and leverage to get real estate. So you could have a million dollars of real estate for maybe a fraction of the money but that million dollars of real, real estate is giving you the financial freedom number where it might take a lifetime to get a million dollars in a mutual fund. And even at a million dollars, that's not that, that's not that good in that kind of asset class. Right. Actually, speaking of a million dollars, I, uh, I was very proud. I, I've essentially taxed myself uh, $90 a week, right? For the past 90 weeks, $90 has gone into Acorns, which awesome. is, you know that app, right? Yep. So, and I'm going to ask your opinion on it later, but, uh, and so I'm projected to, by age 61 to have something like, you know, $1.2 million having only invested like 200 or $300,000. I calculated it a long time ago. Yeah. You know, I showed my father, I was all proud. I was like, I was like, wow, look, like I, I'm just like set from the stuff I have running in the background. Like this doesn't even, this is one right. portfolio. Like this is doesn't even count anything else. And, and, and he's like, yeah, it's great, but. Ooh, million dollars by that time? Eek, I don't know how much that's going to be worth. Is, is, so yeah, buying the buying power of a million dollars is going to be pretty weak by then. Listen, there's a couple things I would look at. Acorn's a great app. And and again, like Robinhood or Acorn, what they've done is they've been innovative. And if you're going to do the stock market, they've made it cheaper. They've made it more efficient to invest your money. And they've also added a component of like, you know, getting you to save on a regular basis. So for that, man, congratulations. And that's another thing that is I, I really don't want to like be so hard on people because you're doing something that most of Americans, dude, most Americans our age will never do that. But most Americans, period, aren't saving anywhere near that. So congratulations on that. A uh, million dollars at, at 61 is not that much money. A million dollars today at retirement will produce, and people don't know this, by the way, a million dollars today will produce about $30,000 worth of quote unquote income. And then you have to pay tax on that. And by the way, that's not that much money. Now, imagine 40 plus years. So my thing is the Robert Kiyosaki is also noted for saying that savers are losers. And the whole putting your money and parking it, hoping it grows. And then at 61 to having a million bucks, you will always be average. And and I, you and I know you, man, you're not an average guy, right? So that's that's my two cents on the whole, just invest for the future. And the other thing that I would look at is I would look at what their assumptions are. Because a lot of times they look at an average rate of return and just do a, a simple future value calculation. So they'll be like, I don't know what they're using, 8%. But mm. most people aren't earning 8% every single year when you add in all the factors, including life. Yeah, so the current estimate now is generous, and I I do remember looking at it. It's like six or eight percent that they use for that calculation. So you talk a lot about 
way, all the ways that people unknowingly and unwillingly are losing money. Can you, what are some of those ways, Caleb? Oh yeah. I mean, here's, I'm probably, here, I'm probably a victim of, of some of them. Yeah. Here's, here's the four big ones. Okay. Number one is you. Okay. You are your biggest problem. <laughs> okay. People are like, I'm turning this kid off. I don't, I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to hear him. <laughs> but no, listen, like, the whole latte factor, the whole like ah. going on vacation when like, what, what, why are you spending that kind of money? Or like, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not telling you to just live miserly. I'm just saying a lot of people don't have money because they spend it all. Okay. Let's be honest. A lot of times you are your biggest enemy. And so let's, let's actually take a, um, let's look at you as an example. And you systematizing saving money is like the, the first big win. So create a surplus. And, and just, I'm not, again, I, I had, I went to Starbucks this morning. I, I don't cut back on things that I enjoy. I just save a lot more money, I bet, than a lot of people listening to this. So I make that, I systematize that and I commit to that. Um, the second thing is, okay, once you have that money, okay, you got to look at like what kind of fees you're paying. You got to understand taxes. If you really want to be wealthy, understand taxes, Understand how taxes affect you today, but more importantly, understand how taxes may affect you in the future. So many people, Jordan, are just what I'm calling postponing. They're not taking responsibility of their tax today, and they're just rolling the dice into an unknown future. And I, I'm, I'm telling you this, the unknown future is not so good. Like, I, like it's just math. So, so many, you talk about a million dollars, but if that was in a lot of retirement accounts, the government could take all that. And I know that sounds extreme with me talking now. But maybe in 20 years, it might not be so extreme. So that so the second thing is taxes. And then the third thing is losses. And this is an, this is an example for your audience. If we had $100, and let's say I, you, I put your money and I invested in it and I'm amazing and we made 100% on your $100. Now your $100 is $200. The next year, I lose 50%. Your $200 goes back down to $100. Do you know, Jordan, that you average 25% on your money? Like only because I read your book, only because you read my book. And like, if I told you I have an investment that can give you an average rate of return of 25%, you would like give you me all your money. But in reality, your actual rate of return was zero. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'll break this down hundred percent, subtract 50, divide by two is 25. That's math. The actual rate of return is zero. Here's, here's the, the lesson. Every time you lose a dollar, you don't just lose that dollar, you lose what that dollar could have earned you the rest of your life. And the number one thing that I try to get people to understand is this concept called opportunity cost. And opportunity cost, essentially, it's, it's, it's with our money and with our time. By me talking to you right now, I'm not able to do anything else. There's a cost there. By me saying yes to you, I'm saying no to a lot of other things indirectly. The same thing that goes with our money. By me saying yes to something, like I'm going to pay for that car, I give up control of money. Like my first car, it was $10,000, paid $10,000 in cash. That $10,000 is never able to grow for me ever, ever, ever again. Do you know that $10,000 car actually cost me about $200,000, assuming I could earn a rate of return on that money? And so what oh. I try to get people to think is- Wait, every, a rate, rate of return? Like, so how, when would it turn to $200,000? If, if that $10,000 was in an account that could earn interest every year, compound interest, I just- I just killed off my future wealth potential. And again, it's like there's decisions we make every day, but the thing that we do at Better Wealth is we help our clients, especially entrepreneurs, best control their money today, but give their money the ability to grow the rest of their life. 
And that's really key if you understand that. Like every decision you make has a long-term effect and a short-term effect. And the efficiency is understanding both of those and making the best decision to stay in control as, as much money as possible with also letting your money grow as mu- as, be- as best as possible. So you should buy a car on credit. You should not pay cash. Because so, I, I paid cash and, you know, thinking that that's like a good thing, right? Uh, it's kind of how people view it as like a very good thing. But what you're saying sounds like is, you know, we're missing out on the the potential that those that those dollars could have made for us in the future. This, so, this is what I would say. Yes. If you pay cash for a car, okay, this is what I'll say. If all, if for me, paying cash for a car is a really bad idea. I don't pay any interest, but I lose the interest that my money could grow and I'm disciplined in saving and growing my money. It pains me a little bit when you're like, so go out and get credit for a car because I know a lot of people aren't saving the difference. There's a reason there's a lot of popular people out there that are, that are telling people to pay cash. The reason is it's not mathematically the right answer. It's because people, it goes back to you. So that's, that's the thing is, yes, if you're, if you have the mentality of saving and investing your money and doing it in a wise way, finance your car, but then take the difference that was going to go into that car and work with me no, or work with someone that understands the long-term effect, but then also maintain control. Okay. That you will win. You will win if you do this right. And you will lose if you finance the car and go spend it because then you're paying interest and you have no money working for you. So it, again, it, it, but, but I want people to think, a lot of people think savers are the way to go. All savers are is you're just, it's just you're paying less interest to be broke. You're just losing. It's like you feel like you're on a treadmill for life. You buy a car, you go to college, buy your yeah. down payment. And like you're at four, 50 years old and you're like, man, I don't have any money, but I've sure made a lot of money. Where did it all go? It's, it's, because, it's because of that behavior. So let's walk through this. In this hypothetical scenario, I'm going to buy a Tesla or a Porsche Boxster S. What? And so I'm financing this. Uh, how much money should I put down on a, let's say it's $50,000. Let's say Okay. That. Okay. So a $50,000 car, the first question I, w- I would ask, and I don't necessarily like this question because it, it makes us mm. think like less, but like, can you afford it? And And the answer is like, do you have money to pay cash? I was like, I was like, like, if you don't have money to buy that car with cash, you know, think, think twice. And again, right. there's nothing wrong, but I just, I want people to not overspend in their life. Now, yeah, assume, don't, don't spend what you don't have. That's like rule number one. Right, right. I love it. Okay. So you, let's say you have 50,000. Okay. The next question that you have to ask is, okay, let's say I could get that for five years at like a 5% interest rate and 10%, 20% down, I would just look at the bank and look at the difference. The question that you could that you have to ask is, would my $50,000 be better off in an account that could grow the rest of my life? And could I maintain control? And the answer is yes. With that, then yes, you finance every time, especially if you're you and I, who are constantly thinking about different business opportunities, we're going to over just a two, three, four percent lifetime compound rate will make that up easily. Mm-hmm. But we're not even we're not even factoring using that capital for 10 Xing our money like through our businesses. You say a long-term fixed mortgage is a fantastic hedge against inflation. Why is that? Yeah, so inflation, just to define inflation, it's it's our money gets less and less valuable because our government's printing it. Okay. So back in the day People would buy gas for cents. Now it's a lot more money, right? That's an example of inflation. It's the same gasoline, 
It's just it being more expensive because our money supply is getting bigger and bigger, but the things aren't changing. Okay. Yeah. I think so, you get a car back a hundred years ago for like 500 bucks or something. Yeah. I mean, houses, if you really, it's crazy, man. Um, so, so that's, that's the first thing to just, just define what that actually means. And a mortgage, a mortgage, we, we have institutions that are like saying, we will give you money for like three or 4%, sometimes 5%, depending on your credit for 30 years. And yes, you have to pay us back. And here's, here's the thing. If you, if you go to my book, you look at the difference between paying back a, a mortgage at 30 years and the interest that you would have to pay. It's, it's a lot. But imagine if you had that money compounded for 30 years. It's way more because paying back a loan versus compounding it is just, it's just different. It's just the different math, right? Compounding is earning on principal and interest where versus amortizing a loan. You're paying that four, three percent or five percent, but every year that balance is getting smaller and smaller. So it's like, man, would I pay $170,000 of interest to earn 500? Yes. And so, yes. And I would love to maintain control of that money instead of have that money built up in my walls. And the cool thing is we have institutions right now that are, that are giving us 30 years of cheap money. And, and to simply just say, if you can earn more than three, 4% over your lifetime with your money, you'd be better off taking a mortgage, get having more control. But then, man, I just go back to like as an entrepreneur, we can earn way more than that just by creating value in the world. So you talk about compounding. Explain the basics uh, and the power of compounding for people. And before I ask my question about this, okay? So explain and then I'll ask you, I'll pitch you a question. Okay. So compound interest is a function of three things. You need money or you need matter, okay? So you need money. You need it to earn interest. And it needs to be over time. And compounding is, Albert Einstein's noted for saying that it's this literal eight, eighth one of the world. Whether he said that or not, if it, it, it's pretty amazing because when you zoom out and you look at 30, 40, 50 years, you see compounding grow and it, it turns into like this hockey stick growth at the end. And that's just a function of your money continuing to grow and it, it, it grows on a principal and interest every single year. And that doesn't that's, happen in three days. It doesn't happen in three days. And that's the thing is if we're going to commit to a compounding strategy, I think we need to commit to a lifetime of compound interest, especially if you're under the age of 30 listening to this, you need to commit not just to retirement, but commit to when you're 90 and 100 and make sure that your money is going to grow the rest of your life. And Jordan, when you start zooming out and seeing what this actually looks like, it's insane. And it's so amazing when you think about the potential that that has. And, and so that's, yeah, that's the function of compounding. I don't know. Are you going to ask me about the penny example? Well, okay. Well, that's a beautiful example. I loved that in the book. Tell me about it. And then I'm going to, it, the, the question will still very much apply. Okay. Yeah. So real quick, and your audience is really smart, right? So they're all going to yeah. get this right. But if I was going to offer you a million dollars today, or if I could say, Jordan, I'll double a penny for 30 days. Most people would take the million, but they're going to take the penny because why, why in the world would I, you know, not bring up this example if it wasn't for the penny? And you're right. A penny would be over $5.3 million doubling every day. Yeah. And for the first 20 days, you're like, man, I made the biggest mistake of my life. And then just at the end, and that, that's an extreme example. The point is f commit to a lifetime compounding strategy 
And I hope we talk about control because if if that I if I just end there, I'm like everyone else. But but if we're gonna compound our money, let's not just compound it to retirement, let's compound it for a lifetime. Well, what happens to that penny doubling every day for 30 days if you use X amount of dollars yep. one day, right? Tell me what happens. So, on like day 20 or something or whatever, you take, you take uh, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks out. Well, here's what's interesting. I, in my book, I, I talk about, you know, a penny doubling for 30 days and it's over 5.3 million. But then I say, what if we paid a 15% tax? What if, what if we charged a 2% fee on the growth? And what if we charge a 15% or diaries, 15% tax, 2% fee? And what if three days, three days, we didn't double, we just got zero. Yeah. Okay. That, that represents, by the way, 30 years of just volatility. A 2% fee. If you really look at mutual funds and 401ks, like there's a lot of fees wrapped into things that you don't even see. So there's a lot of times people are paying more than 2%. They just never know because it's never disclosed. 401ks aren't the best option, are they? No, that's what I thought. Everyone's all like, I, I got the, like, it's, it's right. Like, don't get me started oh, on the 401k. 401k is, I'm, I'm like, uh, I don't know why, but I think it's a horrible investment. <laughs> uh, we, we could, we could have a 401k bashing session some other time. <laughs> but, um, so, so a 2% fee, 15% tax, and three days of your money not doubling, you go from $5.3 million. Are you ready for this? To a little over 51,000. Mm. And, and that's my friend the message that I'm sharing is yes, compound interest is a function of math. It's amazing. But listen, majority of people will never get it because they're not committed to a lifetime growth and their money's not growing as well as they think it is. And because of that, people are stuck. And and what's sad is they're locking up all their money. They're giving up total control to a promise and a hope that's never going to happen. Well, let's play devil's advocate. This is my question finally. Is lifetime uninterrupted compounding realistic like and wh- when do we ever when do we ever get to use our money is it just yep. like for vanity metrics sake like well, vanity metrics like i look at i look at the i, I got seventy six thousand views on a video but i never but like it doesn't actually mean anything it, i don't actually get to use it for anything it's like a fake currency like what, what you hear what i'm saying question. that's yeah. a great question and that's why everyone needs to read my book because i yeah. i lay out how to compound your money the rest of your life, how to control it, and how to have both. And you're right. Use you're, it and save it. Yes. And the, the, the subtitle in my book is A Secret Way to Save and Use Your Money because what most financial quote-unquote gurus or advisors will not tell you is your greatest financial need is not compounding your money, but your greatest financial need is using your money. So literally, the number one thing we do is helping people be more efficient in the use of their capital. And so, yeah, using your money is incredibly important. You shouldn't wait till retirement to use it. You should learn how to efficiently use it throughout your life. Because if you are your greatest asset and you're able to use capital to put fire on that, it's amazing. So, yeah, that's that. I'm I'm using my quote unquote savings that are going to continue to grow the rest of my life this year. Excellent. So, a little health checkup. I know we uh, for for me. Um, let's because I know we kind of covered this. You you like acorns, right? Because I, I use acorns, right? You like it. You like Robin Hood. What about a, and I saw acorns, if your account is over $5,000, it's a 0.25% fee. That's that's good, right? That's fine. I mean, it's all relative. It's, yeah. it's uh, I use a 2% fee for in my book. And, you know, it's, it's it's a little bit high, but for the convenience, it's helping people invest money that they they haven't invested. I, by the way, my book, talks about a savings alternative. And I'm a huge, huge fan of a special type of overfunded life insurance policy. Oh, yes. That's the thing. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't necessarily 
I don't necessarily will endorse, like if you say, is real estate a good investment? It is, it is if you're Robert Kiyosaki, it is if you know what you're doing. For me, probably not. Uh. Is business, it like, oh, is a podcast a good idea for you? Well, you might say yes across the board, but like there's some people that just like shouldn't be podcasting, right? Oh, for sure. I bet, yeah. 100%. So it, it all depends. The reason I'm a huge fan of special type of overfunded life insurance is it's not like anything that you think about when you think of life insurance. It's like a savings account on steroids that allows your money to grow the rest of your life, but also allows you to use your money while it continues to grow. And then you use that money on things that you want to invest in. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend that strategy and using Acorn on the, on the back end, unless you were like, listen, that's the best thing that I can do as far as growing my wealth potential over my life. And then we could have the conversation. But why is life insurance so good? I know you talk about this in your book because you hear about life insurance and, and I don't know, I have, I don't, I'm, again, I'm very ignorant. I don't know too much about it. And, and I hear it and I'm like, uh, I get a bad feeling about it. Like, you know, someone trying to sell me, totally. sit, like, you know, meet me at like, uh, what is it called? Uh, you know, Starbucks or, yeah. or, uh, Gordon, I and, want you to come to Starbucks and bring three yeah, of your best friends so I can uh, pitch them all a yeah. product. Yeah. So why listen, is it good? So, so most of it's not. Okay. okay. Most of it, most of the time when you think of life insurance, you think of this whole, this whole pitch fest of like Jordan if you want to do the right thing, if you love your family, blah, 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 like you'll, you'll get this product, right? And you're going to pay us. And then, and then quite frankly, if your buddy Joe has a cheaper, cheaper product, you're going to go with him. This, think of this as like a contract with an insurance company. Don't think of this like life insurance, but it, it technically is. But think of this like a contract with an insurance company. And instead of trying to get the most amount of insurance and the least amount of money, we reverse engineer it. We try to get the most amount of money into these contracts for the least amount of insurance. Why? Because the insurance is really the fixed cost. And when all the money that goes in, in, in addition to that is, is truly an amazing thing. Why is life insurance so incredible? Because when set up and used properly, your money will grow tax-free for the rest of your life without losses, without paying percentage-based fees, without worrying about taxes. And it gives you the ability to utilize that capital through collateralization or what I call the controlled compounding strategy, you can use your capital to do other things and your money still grows. And so it's not a great investment. It's in just an amazing place to save your money because your money is going to grow the rest of your life. You'll have control over that capital. You'll be able to retire powerfully and you'll be able to still protect your number one asset. It still has a little bit of life insurance, but it's the exact opposite of what 99% of people are talking about. And the reason I'm such an expert at this is I hated it for the first two and a half years. I tried to literally prove this thing wrong because I'm like, I'm like you, man, like, yikes. There's no, why would I want to dedicate my life to teaching someone about an insurance product? And what I realized is, yes, it's technically quote unquote insurance product and we want it to be because of the tax benefits. But if you take a step back, it's, it's looks so much different and it's nothing like the kind of life insurance that your buddy's talking to you about or what you've learned about at school or what you Google about. And so that's, that's, that's a, just a little breakdown on the differences. So, so and, and the only way to get like, uh, get this is if, have someone set it up for you, right? Yeah. And so, so how do people get, or do you still accept people? Yeah. Yeah. So if we, if, if people go to, uh, better wealth solutions or they can go to the and asset, they can go to, you know, the better wealth blueprint, like you can get a hold of us. Uh, and we, I have a team that I've personally trained that can walk you 
through this and like help you not only just get this thing set up, but Jordan, remember when we talked about the number one problem that people have is not having clarity? We didn't even talk about efficiency, but we won't touch any Ah. product until we help people be efficient with all their money. And for a lot of your listeners, they don't need any, they don't need to put their money in any product. They need to like pay off their credit card debt more efficiently. And we'll help them with that. Yes. So that's what I was going to say. This is a, so I was going to pitch this scenario to you. This is a gigantic portion of the population that owes $40,000 in student loans. Okay. Like, like scary. I think it's I think it's 44.2 million Americans owe an average of 38 or 37 thousand uh, dollars in student loan debt. So that's an you know it's like 1.52 trillion dollars or 1.6 trillion dollars, whatever, uh, depending on like yeah. Because I've seen 37 thousand, I've seen 38 thousand. I can't figure out what's right. But <laughs> so let's say you have 40 thousand dollars in student loans. What do you do? Again, it goes back to, are you making $40,000 a year? Are you making four hundred, And what do you want to accomplish? I will say this. My goal is never to be debt-free sooner because debt-free doesn't really tell me anything. It's how to be financially free. And so we look at efficiency. So if someone's drowning in credit card debt and they're like, Caleb, I want to do this whole and asset strategy that you talk about, I won't do it because they, we, we need to like knock off their credit card debt and there's no way I can justify the strategy if we're paying 21%. Now, there's a lot of case in a lot of cases there's people that are that have, you know, student loan debt that may be okay to to maybe save and then have a payoff strategy later. It all depends, and it depends on what their strategy on the back end is. Are they making $50,000 a year and they do they want to qualify and save up for a down payment on a house or are they are they an entrepreneur and by paying off that 6% or 7% debt, they're, they're like prolonging two years to get into business. So it's not, it's not black and white. That's why, that's why, quite frankly, we offer blueprints yeah. because I want someone to come alongside you guys and like tailor make a, a like blueprint based on what you want to accomplish. And yes, you need to know the right products. Yes, you need to know the right efficiencies. Yes, you need to have the answer. But if anyone comes on your show and gives a black and white, every single time like it's just we just got to be careful man because everyone's a little bit different i would say if you have credit card debt in most cases pay that pay that off and in it's essentially if you have a bunch of credit card debt if the, the quick snowball method is start with the smallest balance and go to the largest for instance you have a credit card debt of 500 a thousand and 15 start with the 500 then go a thousand then go 15 then line up the minimum payments and then any addition, additional money, we'll call that your power payment, you apply that to the smallest balance. So let's say you can save 200 bucks extra. We would knock off that, that, um, that first debt of 500 bucks in two months. And then we would take that power payment, take that minimum payment, combine it together. That's why it's called the snowball, debt snowball. So we take that 200 that plus that minimum payment and bring it down. So if you have credit card debt and you just want a quick hack, that's an amazing way if you have mortgage, car loans, student debt, I would recommend you work with someone that could help you understand what you should actually do with the goals that you have. So uh, you shared a wealth of information today. Like, holy People are crap. Like, I, hey, uh, listen, it's a, it's a true passion of mine. And one of the things I'm trying to work on is getting this simpler. But here's the deal, you guys. Like, If you're going to learn anything, whether you're a biologist, whether you're an employee, whether you're an entrepreneur, podcaster, regardless, like, money affects every single one. So like, let's take a couple days and like, let's learn this because you're going to live on a much better, 
um, more powerful life if you understand why this can be an amazing tool and not, not it doesn't work against you, it can actually work for you. And the best way that I recommend people do this is andasset.com slash book. Just get the book. I've got it. I've got it right here behind me. I've made highlights in it and it's great. So it's just, I, I texted Caleb yesterday. I said, this is this is straight action. He, he's about that action. So andasset.com slash book. Get Caleb's book, The And Asset, for free. Okay. Like this is great. Uh, betterwealthsolutions.com and at Caleb Williams on we, Instagram. We actually proudly lose a dollar every time someone someone wow. gets this book. And I'm so excited because I would love to, I mean, that's that's a no brainer. I want as many people, I want as many people to hear the message. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your show, man. You're like, it's just so, it's so amazing to be on a show and help this thing get, get out. And um, I appreciate your platform, man. Appreciate your friendship. Oh, likewise. And uh, I'm excited to meet up around Thanksgiving while we're going to have a round two of the podcast. Maybe we'll save the 401k bashing for that. That would be fun, right? That would be, <laughs> that, I'll, I'll be ready. And I actually have a, a team team member. He's he's uh, thinking about writing a book next year about four, four, why your why your 401k is not okay. So nice, nice. <laughs> we we could do a we could do a MythBusters money edition. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I mean, yeah, I, I really appreciate you. My final question is: If you could teach a course at a university, course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? Is it is it the subtitle of your book, The Secret Way to Save and Use Your Money at the Same Time, or is it going to be something else? No, it would be it would be on really finding out what what you want to live for. And here, let me explain. Someone told me this actually the other week, and it stuck with me like big time. They, they said that the graveyard is the richest place because so many people are dying with so much potential that's unused. And yes, money is an amazing tool. But money is just an enhancer on whatever, on who you are. We all know people that have money that are amazing, that are generous, that help people. We also know a lot of people that have money that are just awful. Like we don't want to be around them. They don't treat people well. And that's not a money problem. That's a them problem. So if I could teach anything, I would teach, teach it on like, teach it on like clarity on what that going back to ROR, what's your return on result and like how to best communicate with people. Because we live in such an amazing world. And when we, when I get to be friends with people like you and through communication, like we get to make each other better, money will come. And then a close second would be just a wealth efficiency. Not, not one that's talking about the strategy that I wrote about, not one that's like talking about index strategy. It's just like an overall overview of like how to think about your wealth. But it actually wouldn't, that would be number two. And number one would be just like getting clarity on your why and and just and I just don't want people to die with potential because you have so much to give you have so much to offer and I uh, I would just love I would love to suffocate every single excuse and disbelief why why people aren't living the life that they want to live Caleb Williams you are the man thank you very much there you have it my friends this has been another episode of growth mindset university the podcast now if you enjoyed this one today all i ask is that you share it out to your friends family etc on your instagram story and tag me and our guest today and don't forget to message our guest as well so that you build your network as you listen and learn with this podcast 
And if you really believe that hearing the message of growth is important to the world and you want to help others find our show and you're not satisfied with just taking a screenshot and sharing this on your Instagram story, well, I've got good news for you. You can go the extra mile in helping spread this message of growth. You can leave us an honest rating and review in Apple Podcasts. We have over 200 ratings right now and it has made a gigantic difference for this show, not only helping people find the show, but getting awesome guests. Thank you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn and grow to give.